Hey everybody, I'm Cameron. And I'm Zach. And this is, is the, the Watching You Watch podcast. Review! Yay! So, it's been a while, but we are back to our roots. It's mm. it's Game of Thrones time, everybody. Mm. Sink your feet deep in the soil of Pectoros. <laughs> uh, I miss this, quite frankly, and I can't wait to be jumping into it again. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting. <laughs> so, if... You've been following along with our series. We promised this before. Mm-hmm. It's it's our fabled review episode where Zach's going to try and recap all of season one for us right here. Dear God, help us. I know, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> but before we get into this, we're just going to have some fun with, with looking back on, on season one of Game of Thrones, some of Zach's impressions of it, oh thing, things like that. I'm the real dumb. I, <laughs> I'm, I know, Zach, you, this isn't like your normal fare or something you <gasps> watch necessarily. I mean, I would. I just need more incentive. Like friends who definitely watch it. Well, I guess it doesn't stop me from anime. Well, I don't make any sense. You, I, so I was trying to say more politely was that you watch a lot of anime, and <laughs> like this is not something you normally go for. Ah, uh, fair. So, with that said, how did you enjoy jumping into Game of Thrones? I, it's something. At, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, "Uh, medieval hype show. I don't want to do it." And then I just didn't. And I like watched other things and played video games. <laughs> and then like the hype just didn't stop. And I was like, "Well, dang, it's either like you know peasant garbage that everyone consumes, or it's actually okay." <laughs> and it was on HBO, and I was like, "It's actually probably okay then." <laughs> yeah. But that's one of the things that, that that strikes me the most about Game of Thrones is just how universal it is. So many people yes. like the show, and like the, these are people who don't typically watch fantasy. They don't typically <gasps> mm-hmm. watch things like this, and yet they're drawn into this. And that's a testament, I think, to how good the yeah, show is. That is very true. I mean, it's not that I like this kind of stuff. It's not out of the norm for me to see this. But the, like people who had like never even like watched anything or even like gone to things like Gladiator or Braveheart as movies are like, <laughs> look at Game of Thrones! And I'm like, oh, well then. And it's actually good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think it's funny how you can just, you can start like having conversations with people who who may maybe tuning in and then like you hear like them mentioning it and it's like no way you watch it too you know like i've had yes. that moment with so many different people that i never expected to have it with i can't have that moment yet <laughs> it, it's coming don't worry uh cuz you're catching up in fact we're going to be starting in season 2 of the watching you watch podcast dragons. game of thrones dragons um yeah <laughs> dragons zach and uh, we're excited for that, but first we have this review episode. We talked about it before. It's happening right now. It Zach is, is going is to it. recap this all is... of season one oh God. as best as he possibly can. So I don't know how it would be best for you to do this, Zach. There is we'll... literally no good way to sum this up. So, so, so I will start from whatever my brain feels like starting from and go until it. you tell me. Th- would it be stop, easier stop. to start, maybe do this by character or by... I, it may be good to do character arc. I was thinking of doing that, but then I was also like trying to remember in my head, here's how it happened in the show. But I think... Let's do it by character. I think it might be I a little think, bit easier No, and that's fun because then we can build like a continuity line that we don't... And it's not that it's not in the show. It's just that you don't specifically follow one character. That's true. So, so who let's go. Would you like to start? I'm with? going to start. Basically, we're going to do. I'm going to kind of do Starks in general, but focusing obviously on Ned Edard okay. Stark. Okay. Um. So basically, he rules the uh, thing up in the north. It's all great and lovely. He's like a war veteran, and now the hand, who is the second hand, well, hand man. Oh, 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 oh now second hand jokes, man. Yes. Um, is dead, and the king John. Is all like, yo, we're buds. You gonna you gonna be my hand now and like help me do the stuff? And, he's and the like, king, king would be Robert, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Whatever <laughs> names. He died. He Irrelevant. Did. But that happens later. He Keep did. going. Yeah. Um. But before he did, um, he's like, yo, come here and help me do stuff. And Ned's all like, honor, honor, honor. And Katniss is all like, but. But that's a crap job, and I want you to be near me because I love you. And he's like, nope, honor. And so he he takes his merry little family. 
or at least like his daughters, down yep. to um, the Lannister cesspit of King's Landing. Yep. And basically, he comes in there and he's like, I'm going to do great by the kingdom and honor, and my family loves it here, and everything's great. But that is not the case. That is the one million percent opposite of what is going on in King's Landing, which is just this hole of lies and deceit and deception. And this is like anti-Ned Stark land. The exact opposite where he came from, where it's like families are honorable to the people who rule them and all this business. So he's like, okay, this is suspicious. Let's look into this whole hand-dying business. I met like this real creep little finger who's like all up on my my waifu and... (laughs) He's like, I'm not about this. And she's like, no, but listen, we're pretty sure that little Branflakes was pushed out of a window. And since he doesn't have wings, he's like in a coma. And he's like, oh, my God, why? How could anything bad ever happen in our house? Wink, wink. This was happening when people walk in on incest happening. <laughs> and um, so he goes on a merry little like buddy cop thing with his with his second-hand man, who I started to like, but then eventually dies at the hand of a Lannister because, frack you Lannisters, you ruin everything. That's later. That's Um, later. And he is just like, he's like, okay, so let's look into this whole death of the hand thing. And other crazy things are happening, like, you know, uh, it's like, oh, cool, we have this lead. This is great. And then the mountain kills him. He's like, well, that's not that we didn't expect it, but it sucks. So, you know, the Lannister put a, put a hit in this guy, basically. He's like, this is even more fishy. Let's let's dig more into it. You know, fishy is a funny choice of words, considering that's the... Uh, the house crest of uh, Katniss. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Which becomes relevant in the search uh, yeah. for, for all this, too. Yeah, because they, like, try and blackmail him through his wife, and then also, like, the connections... That she has, and it's just like this crazy web of weird where he's like finding like the bastards of Robert, yep. and it's like they're keeping this like an absolute total secret. And wait, what? He goes into the registry and pulls the connection that should be obvious without even having to look into a freaking gin like genealogy yeah, book. Yeah, the whole genealogy book is like, you know, this person black of hair, this person black of hair, this person blonde of hair. Well, that's not right. Uh, oh, my God, he's not their kid. Oh, my God, there's <laughs> incest. And it's just like one of those big moments where the entirety of the audience face palms. It's like, it's like good should, job. This should be duh by now. But, anyway. but the thing with it is, is most everyone knows it in there anyways. They're just trying to pull their angles. That's what makes it even worse because, like, it even takes Ned a little longer to get that. Because they're like, you know, honor, honor, honor. I'm going to give you a chance to get away, Cersei. And she's like... Um, you know... That was a mistake. In the Game of Thrones, you either kill or be killed, and you're gonna be dead. And he's like, uh, you got till tomorrow morning. And then she's (laughs) like, no, 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 And he's like, you got till tomorrow morning. (laughs) You you done goofed. You moved your king right into checkmate. Yep. (laughs) And you're the king, you nerd. Yep. And so, Ed... Ned gets all, like, framed up, and it's like... Oh no, you're plotting against the new rightful ruler who is Joffrey. And he's like, uh, I thought we said that, you know, I was gonna sort of take things over and maybe we get Stannis. And he was like, oh, you are a liar and you wanted, to, you were with Robert and you poisoned him and killed him and you're the worst. And Darting Old Man's like, yeah, that's true. And. Um, Basically, everybody. Littlefinger's like, yeah. And Varys is like, yes, also, because order and junk and Ned is like well this is garbage but it's dungeon time for Ned and so he sits in a dungeon and sort of molders and Varys like comes out and shows his true colors and it's like I just want to see everything play out nice and have the kingdom run as smooth as possible and yes, I it, thought you were the man for the job yeah, but you were stupid but evidently you're like too bound by honor and you can't see that by you know like doing some of the sneaky King's Landing junk you would you know do better by the world but you know remember that and also remember your family's involved in this and you know your choice is not just for you and so Ned is all like my crap I made I done goofed I I did I done did the goofing and he goes and at his basically like the hearing where he's supposed to like basically apologize to Joffrey he actually does that and it's yeah, and then Joffrey's what does Joffrey like, do? and then Joffrey is like, you know what? Yeah, that's great. You apologized to me, but I'm a dick, so go ahead and die. Yep. <laughs> and he, and it's like, I am not like these merciful, soft-hearted women. I kill people who oppose me. And Ned's like, this is garbage. I see Arya. I'm not going to protest. And he gets beheaded. Beheaded. <laughs> uh, I think that my phrase beheaded. <laughs> uh, it, it just shortens things. It kind of does a little bit. So Sean Bean, Sean Beans. And um, that's 
like the head of the Stark arc. And now, that's, that's, that's Ned. So that's Ned. So going through, next? going through his family, basically what happens is in the north stays his, like, elder son. Yep, that'd be Rob. Rob Stark. And with him comes his daughters. In King's Landing, his daughters basically do... Um, before they leave, though, they get to meet the good old Lannisters at a big old party, but they don't start off their relations too well because Arya's like, hey, Joffrey, you're kind of the worst, and I'm going to throw your sword into a pond. How's that make you feel? I'm going to cry right to my mom! And he does that. And <laughs> That's then, exactly what happens. And then it gets a dire wolf killed, and also Sansa, who is all like, oh, Joffrey's a prince, and I'll be the queen, and I'll have his baby! Oh my god. She actually says that. That's she, the, no, she literally says that's that. That's the nail the, in the coffin. That is just that. like, ugh. Oh, there's death flags, or like death situation flags popping everywhere. But Sansa learns real quick the real, folly real good, of that yeah, thinking. Yeah, that Joffrey is just like, has this like very thin veneer of like being a decent person, but he's actually like literally the worst thing in Westeros. And so she goes back and forth with like wanting to like him or not, and she talks to her Arya is also, like, getting taught how to sword fight because she wants to know how to, like, do all the things like Dad. And Ed's all kind of like, okay, that's adorable, but, oh, man, uh, what am I doing? Also important to note that her bastard brother, Jon Snow, gave her a nice little, sword. little he rapier. Gave, he, they call it needle because yes. it is really it's, it's, tiny. He's a little baby. Just hit him with pointy end. She's like, okay, I, I got that. It's but fit. it's so perfect, too. I know. It's and it's so great. Perfect. And it's like, another thing about this family is, is Rob, uh, Rob, God, John seems like the only one who, like, cares about the other siblings, even though he's, like, the bastard child. There's a whole lot of other things that happen in the season. He does have like, a bleeding heart. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, at one other point, Rob has to, like, make a, during the war thing, in order to get over a freaking bridge, he has to basically say, okay, I'm going to marry your daughters, and also, yeah, okay, we'll take a few of, take a few of my sisters. Yep, he, ha- he has to marry off his sister uh, to to the Freys, and, and he also has to marry a Frey daughter to cross the twins. Yeah, and hopefully, and, and she's the, hopefully the one pretty one. Um, but that's once again jumping, but then the whole thing goes down, Sansa has to stay with Joffrey, and her big thing is that she apologizes for her father, and this, this... It's more of like a gesture, but they use it as an impetus to be like, okay, we'll give him a trial. Oh, ho, ho. and they think it's going to go their way, but Joffrey janks that up, as we yeah, said before. Yeah, Joffrey does really ruin the plans. And Even though Sansa fights so hard for her yes. father, she did all the right things. Like, there. all the right things were done by everyone, and by right, I mean, like, not actually right, but right by their rules. Their right. preset rules, which got well, fracked. By King's Landing rules. Yeah. So. And. Uh, Sansa's big thing is she's, like, kind of stuck with Joffrey after, you know, like, her entire right. house is, like, murdered. She's kind of a hostage, but she's still kind of betrothed to Joffrey. Yeah, she's a it's pawn. A she is between. the weird pawn thing, and God bless her. I, uh, poor Sansa. But up in the north, Robert basically is the one who starts a war when he hears yeah. his father is captured. It's going, but then he hears his father is killed, and he has, like, sad times. Katniss just does a, a whole lot in the story because she's the one who first relays the fact that, you know, Bran, there is foul play, and she tells her hubby, and then she also goes to uh, the Eerie. The Eerie, where her sister Lysa yes. Aaron is, and she's the one that yeah. actually starts this whole thing, too. She's the one that sends exactly. the letter. It's like, That's hey, like, I think the Lannisters murdered my husband. Yeah, and also she manages to just, like, pick up a Tyrion at a bar and just, like, steal him. Yep. It's like, she, she does I took this midget. She kidnaps a midget. Haha, <laughs> 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 it's mine now. What are you going to do, Lannisters? And like, we're going to F you her husband up. And she's like, well, I done screwed up. Yep. But yeah, they are starting a literal, like almost, it's going to be a continental war, basically. And the North is not like losing immediately. <laughs> so this is interesting. This is kind of where we're going. Robert's like showing his color as a good leader and his mother's like a fantastic support. Yep. And now that Ed's dead, like all bets are off. Everything can go just anywhere from here. And I really want to know what happens. <laughs> but that's pretty much Starkland, except for Jon Snow, who gets sent off to the wall because he's always like, oh man, Uncle Ranger Man, I want to be a ranger in the Night's Watch like you. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, kid. And he's like, yeah, here I go. And he does that. And he also kind of feels like there's no place for him as a bastard at Winterfell. Exactly. So So he kind of moves on. Take his Night's Watch Lee vows and just live out his life there. 
away from the family, protecting the, the cars and junk. And he meets Samwise Gamgee there, and they're all like, do you have the ring? He's like, no, this is a different thing. It's like, okay, but I'm still going to be your best bud. And okay. <laughs> but moral of the story is, is he is like, this is a place for thieves, outcasts, all the, the sort of ne'er-do-wells. And he is just like this... He has this, like, sort of turning where he's with Tyrion, and Tyrion helps him realize, like, you know, you're literally dealing with training here. Help these people out. Like, be a good good boy to them. And be he, a good leader. Like, you could be a good leader to them. Yeah, but he 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 mopes. His, like, back thing is, like, mope. He has, like, the yeah, pout mope, face. Yeah, pout, smolder. Yeah. They're all, like, in the same family of, Polar like... smout. <laughs> of, like, that, you know, like, dopey butt, you know... yeah. Whatever. Yeah, like, the phrase, you know nothing, Jon Snow, like, literally applies all the time. (laughs) Um, But he does all that. And the the thing that is disturbing is, like, from the north, there are talk of wildlings coming. And, like, they're coming down. And, like, what are you running from? Things that are worse. The White Walkers and all these, like, things of myth are, like, awakening from their, like, darkness slumber. And things are not, not looking good. And actually, towards the end of the season, like, he saves... The general, uh, whatever his face that is. That would be... Uh, Not Mogwai. <laughs> That'd be uh, L- uh, Lord Commander Mormon. Yeah, that guy. The, um, from the Book of Mormon. Oh he my gosh, takes, Mormon. There's a, there's a T at the end of it. Yeah, Mormon, he sings and dances and like, thank you for saving me, Jon Snow, from the evil zombie beast. Oh and my gosh. He's like, you could be my son thing, and Jon's like, but I want to run away. It's like, we know you tried, but your friends brought you back, and that was smart. <laughs> Well, now I'm envisioning this as a musical. And it should be. <laughs> Why is there not a stage adaptation of Game of Thrones? As a musical. The end. <laughs> that that can be discussed so, as an entire video later. Let's let's just go right back to John. So he, <laughs> he So yeah, he does he, that he, and he becomes the um the basically like the servant of like one of the higher up dudes and he hates yeah, it. And he, then he Sam's like Lord listen, they're grooming you to be the commander and he's like, Oh wait, this isn't actually crap and Sam's like, I know, I'm smart and you're an idiot and he's like, Okay, but this is like all But he's like understood. But I'm attractive and you're fat, so it balances out. Oh <laughs> I like him. He he stood up for himself for a little bit. That That's was true. Cool. They do have a good friendship too. Yeah, there's there's the, the buds. Um so so that's pretty much like his arc. Okay. So this is pretty much covered Stark arc. Now, Let's move on to our first Lannister then. Maybe our only likable Lannister. And enter Tyrion Lannister, the lovable black sheep of the Lannister family. We he like is the him. lovable black sheep. Yeah, because he's like not a b- dirtbag as much as everyone else. But he, he still is the black sheep. Yeah. And so his father doesn't love him because he's always been like little and shrimpy. So, you know, not as well respected as other people would be because, you know. That's just sort of. I mean, of the it has something there. to do with his, with him being a dwarf, and we're not entirely sure what it is. But like when yeah. Tyrion says like stuff isn't good between me and my father, like he, he means, means it, it. like yeah. to the point where his father like maybe tries to have him killed. Yeah, there's a few times where you're wondering, like, wow, there's not much familial love in there, and basically he f- he just like travels around just for yucks and giggles, and he goes with Jon Snow up to the wall, and they have like talks about, like, they expound upon how, you know, like, they're the outcasts of their family and whatever. Just let it slide off your back. Let it be your shield. And then he comes on back to King's Landing with a new friend he made from the Night's Watch. But then he meets up with good old Catnip, and it's like, oh, oh, look, look who I found. It's a Stark. And she's like, you done goofed. You did it in, like, this, <laughs> this tavern where everyone loves our family. And he's like... Crap. <laughs> yep. And so they take him to the Erie, a.k.a. Castle Breast, Breast Milk. Milk. And there, the little brat kid's like, I want to see the dwarf man fly. And yep. he's all like, um, can someone fight for me? Because, you know, I do that. And then we have his, like, confidant, Mr. Sneaky McFight Man, come out and is like, I'll do it. And then other one's like, oh, yeah, I need to do a favor. So I'm going to, like, wreck you. He's like, all right, whatever. And he just, like, throws down on this dude. And so they become instant bros. Yep, thus is born the friendship of Bronn and Tyrion. It's it's fantastic. He's just, like, the best kind. Because he's, like, the realistic warrior that's like, I'm not going to be honorable. I'm going to freaking live. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And so they start, like, traveling. And then Tyrion comes across the lovely band of bandits and befriends them by saying, Yeah, these weird hill people. I'm going to give you land and, like, great things. Just come fight with me. And they're like... You know, you're we pretty. Do thing yeah, we're you. we're pretty. You're pretty spunky. We like you. Let's let's go. And so he gets into. Then he is like embroiled into the conflict with his father is running with the whole like 
Stark versus Lannister. So yep, the war is already basically happening. Yeah, and so and Tyrion shows him like, "Oh, you're alive. Good. Now get in the fight." And he's like, "Oh boy," <laughs> and so he. <laughs> He, the show he literally, he he's literally like, all right, now we're going to go out there and kill people. Like, yeah, kill people! And then they run and, like, hit him with a hammer, and he doesn't even see. Yeah, he kind of gets knocked out accidentally, and then he wakes up after the battle, and they're like, hey, we won! And then he's like... What? <laughs> what? And then they're like, oh, well, we kind of lost because we lost Jamie. He got kidnapped. Yeah, and that was the whole, like, ploy by the Lannisters to, like, get the Jamie. Well, you mean by I the Starks. I mean, the, the Starks yeah, getting the Starks the Jamie kind of do, like, a feint. Yeah, like, they sacrifice for a greater good because um, we don't really need to give, like, Head Lannister a big um, thing other than he is just obsessed with like the family yeah. name and having the name live on and that is like his whole thing and i don't even think we really need to do jamie or cersei either because you, cover you can put them, them together and yeah. they're in in other people's things yeah because moral of the story they're bopping around to everyone's stuff and they're like one of the bigger movers and shakers in this whole like conspiracy thing and a lot of their other stuff that's it's not super plot related just sort of like oh and now they are having creepy incest talk and oh cersei has like other boys and oh jamie He's just very unbalanced as a character. He tries to do things nice for people and always just, like, backfires in the worst way. And you never know if he's actually trying to be nice. And, like, he has this whole complex where people have been telling him what to do for his whole life. So you have to wonder if it's he just doesn't know how to yep. do things himself. And, so, and that's literally Jamie. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that plays out now that he's a prisoner of the Starks. Yeah, which I wish that stinking Ned had got the throw down on him and he hadn't gotten, like, speared by that one random dude. And I also love the fact that Jamie wanted to throw down with Ned, too, at that point. Yeah, but, like, it kind of was, like, soured for him when his yeah. guy yeah. stabbed him. But anyway. Yeah, because he wanted the full kill. But, yeah, we won't need to cover them. But moral of the story, Tyrion also gets, like, fancy foreign French-Spanish lady to be his confidant. And his father's like, don't you make her your courtly lady. And it's like, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be the hand now. Okay, bye. <laughs> yep. So Tywin appoints uh, Tyrion to be hand to the king in his stead since Tywin's busy running uh, a war. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. And so Tyrion is now in King's Landing. And he's going to be the new hand because Ned can't do it as an a beheaded zombie. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, in all this recapping too, I think we've left out one very only one very, very important character. Yeah, but that's because she was like completely separate from all this. We are talking about Daenerys. Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, and so basically her thing started with her brother selling her off to this group of just like barbarian people called the Dothraki that like love the horses and the pillaging and the all the bad things. Yep. And she's all like, well, this is kind of terrible. But then she just like starts to make the best of the situation, like comes to the culture, you know, like wins the respect of her husband and starts to win the respect of the people and things are just going super fine and dandy. And then her and she's gonna like have a baby. Yeah, she's she's gone like full on like native with these yeah, people. She's... Yeah, and she eats the the whole heart and they're like, Oh cool, you you ate the heart of the dragon, you're the best. And the horse. Yeah that. <laughs> um and then and they're like ragu, 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 bring on the pasta. Yes. And as a and then she like Rago, convinces her anyway. Her hubby to go and he's like, you know what would be great? I want an Iron Throne. Give me that. And he's like, I don't want it. And she's like, come on, for our son. And he's like, okay. Well, she she almost gets assassinated. Then he's like, I'm so angry. I'm gonna go get the Iron yeah. Throne and then like you. the chain, the turning point is her almost getting assassinated. And also before that, her brother seriously janks up because he's like, I'm gonna be the king. I'm gonna be the king and rule these people. And they're like, uh, you're just kind of tagging along here. He's like, well, this blows. And he's then, like, I bought you. And they're like, no, you didn't. No. No one literally owns us. And it's like, oh, we'll give you a golden crown likes no one has ever seen before. And they pour molten golden on his face. And it's great. And that's the end of Viserys. And it's awesome. Yeah, goodbye, venereal disease, Malfoy. <laughs> um, could not be more glad to see him. The only other one that's important in there is Jorah. Because he is the closest Her confidant. friend and confidant, yeah. Friend and confidant and, and sexual interest partner thing. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, it's not very Yeah, it's clear. really weird. For the very, for the longest time, I didn't to... really see it, but then his concerns started to be over the top. And then, like, he especially at the longer, end, yeah. he's, it's all sort of like, it's like, I don't want you to go into the fire, and, like, I know, and she, like, like gives him the kiss, and it's basically like, I love you without saying I love you. Right. And at the end, basically, her husband gets an infection, and she goes to, like, she saves some people during a Dothraki raid, which is the first time seeing them, like, go nuts on people, which is brutal. And she's disturbed spring. by it a little bit, too. Yeah. But the thing with it is, is that, you know, this witch doctor lady, like, gives it a perspective, is like, you know, 
your husband got this infection and I basically didn't make it better because I saw like the terrible things you would do to the entire world. And do you know, you didn't save me from anything. They had already had their way with me and it was terrible. And she's like, but I love hubby and you know, and you ruined this. And like, you ruined everything. You ru- you ruined everything. She has like a little bit of a, like a, yeah. a, a pouty, like a pouty moment because she can't see the forest. Well, the she trees. gave up, she gave up her unborn child to save up. Yeah, to save him, and yeah, that she lost her child, she lost her husband, and now the people are, like, the, basically, Dothraki rule by power, and they won't be led by her, for the most part, so there's this big dissolving, and the only reason, like, she sort of lives is because Jorah, like, stood up for her. So now she has this, like, amalgamation of, like, Slaves and random Dothraki Dothraki that liked her and Jorah. And she, like, does this thing where she's all like, you know, I'm going to burn this witch because she's the worst. And she has this big speech about how, you know, we're all going to be united together and it doesn't matter where we came from or who we are. We are going to just be us and it's going to be the great oh, USA, and all of our USA, eni- USA. <laughs> and all of our enemies are going to die screaming. <laughs> yeah, because watch. And she goes in there and she cooks up some dragon eggs and then makes some dragons like, look, dragons. And they're like, holy freaking crap, this is great. Yeah, she survives being burned alive in the funeral pyre when she... Yeah, when she's they, literally immune to fire. Yep. And then the funeral pyre, pyre for Drogo plus burning a witch, like all that happens. Burn her! At, burn! <laughs> out of the ashes rises Daenerys with three, count them, three dragons. Three, count them, three dragon bikinis. <laughs> That's true. She's, like, clothed in dragons a little bit when she comes Dude, out. Dude, I'm really excited. It's going to be the fall fashion. <laughs> Just dragons. You wear only dragons. Only dragons. So she comes out wearing the, wearing her dragons, and then she... And that's basically where we end. That's where we end. And the thing with it is, is what the end of season one did is just kind of set up, like, two. It was basically, like, the 10th episode was, like, the biggest pilot episode. And I, I need it. I need yep. it. I, I think we talked about this a little bit before... Uh, which, which, before I get into my questions, real quick, Zach, mm-hmm. good job. I kept most things straight. I mean, names are. You dime did it a dozen. though. You 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 recapped the main Major plot. Of it's main plot. There's one. lots of very enjoyable things and dialogue between characters, but we can talk about that when we we, we do. Yeah. We do talk about it in great length when we have our individual episodes. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen our season one, go back and check that out. Yeah, if you're watching a lot this of the review moments. episode once again, I'm gonna say this is weird. <laughs> yes. But anyway, let's let's move into some of these uh, questions I have for you uh, about season one, about okay. where we're headed. Uh, I kind of talked about this a little bit in one of our earlier episodes, but um, all of season one sort of culminates in what becomes known as uh, the War of Five Kings, uh, that there are now five people declaring themselves as, as king. No, I'm um, king. We have the Starks, um, yep. king in the north with Rob, mm-hmm. uh, Joffrey, uh, in King's Landing, King the, the king who should have it by succession because Stannis. Yep, Stannis, who we have not met yet. Um, the king's brother Renly, who doesn't the have fabulous. any, <laughs> he doesn't have any claim to it. But Loris th- seems to think that he'd make a good king. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And we have Daenerys across the Narrow Sea, uh, who is calling Dragons. herself, <laughs> who well. Who may have a more strong claim of any of them because, because she, she held was, it before the Mad King yeah, and exactly. all that stuff. So that whole Mad King. So bit. not knowing anything about how this war is actually going to play out oh. long term, maybe over a season two, maybe even longer than season two, because I don't want to spoil anything for you. Yeah, that's true. Who do you think is going to end up on top? What which family do you think is going to end up on top? Okay, the thing with it is, is unfortunately, I'm taking. Uh, Daenerys out of the running for this episode because she's going to have... This season's going to be setting up her sort of thing. I feel like to the mid towards the end, like, they're going to... People across the sea are going to learn she's a world power. But part of it is, I don't think it's going to become so important because they're going to be so embroiled in the war that's already happening there mm-hmm. that they're not really going to care and this is going to be her build-up. Maybe she'll have some kind of, like, cool entrance at the finale or something. But moral of the story, it is mostly between Joffrey and Robert. Like, Loras and, and Renly have, like, they've run. They they knew better. They don't really have a force behind them. They don't have anything else. They are going to survive, and that's smart. That is probably one of the smartest moves anyone made in this entire darn show. It, it is pretty smart. And then there's Stannis, which, once again, wild card, but I see him possibly joining with Robert. Okay. Or maybe they have some kind of a conflict. Those are my two, like, sort of, that's what's going to happen with Stannis things. Okay. 
Uh, maybe even more likely the latter, because he did not sign. No one ever seemed very excited about him being that, but he's going to be in this war. Yeah, that, he, well, he is like everybody a mentions like almost. yeah, like everybody mentions Stannis is like a bit of like a war ma- mastermind, Maniac. but like that doesn't like it doesn't make him a good king. Exactly. You know, like like uh, King Robert was a good. Yeah, was, he was, was a good, uh, a good commander. He was a good military fighter, commander, but, but he was not a good king. Yeah, and he uh, knew it. So poor Robert. Yes, so that's a good point to consider. So if it's between those yeah, two, then once again, who, who uh, Robert wins out over Stannis definitely, and he's like rising as a leader, which is was exciting. So, you, Joffrey wait, so you're has, saying Rob Stark is your is your pick here? How Stark? Um, I don't. The thing with it is, is. If we were pitting Joffrey against Robert, Robert would win any day because Joffrey has no good leading skills. But he has Tywin. But that's the thing. He has Tywin and he has his mother. He has very smart people running beside him. So that's that's his sort of boon. But so does Robert. I think that this could be a coming out of sort of the underdog. The thing with it is, is what I think is going to happen is, is there's going to come a point in the war where the losses are too great and the Starks are sort of on top, but to sort of stop things, I feel like they may have like a state of the North declared. I feel that's where it's going to resolve or the whole conflict from the North where, you know, like the White Walkers and all them ice zombies and weirdness is going to happen and it's going to probably cut the war short or like you know, sort of divide the effort. And I don't know, I could see it as a total Lannister move to take advantage of, you know, the things coming from the north that squash the northern armies and just not help them. Because like, oh, cool, two birds, one stone. <laughs> They'll kill the things and we'll get to kill them and we can deal with whatever's left because we're Lannisters. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue then to my next point. You mentioned the White Walkers and it's sort of a thing throughout season one where you're not quite sure how much um, mysticism actually plays in yeah. to Westeros. Uh, it, at first it seems pretty grounded, but you're not quite sure. And by the end of the season, we have witches, we have white walkers, we have dragons, yeah. we have, I'm trying to think what else magical we have. Um, I mean, uh, like, you we know, have, uh, like, strange magic dragon lady. visions. Yeah, visions with, like, um, three-eyed ravens. With three-eyed ravens, yep. Um, so... A whole, a whole mess of very interesting um, things. So, things and, like, and there's lots of lore that's mentioned, too, which true. is interesting. How much do you think in Season 2 um, magic and mysticism is going to play a okay. role in the events that will unfold? Now, I haven't read the books, but from what I can understand, probably the books talked more... Book 1 was like a total setup for the rest of the series, because it is ginormous, and George R. R. is crazy obsessed with like the details and getting things set up so now i think we may get to see more of the magic more of the mysticism more of the like sort of fantastic because we've set up our characters we know our cast we know that now we are finally to the world event we were waiting to see Mm -hmm. event or events so i feel like there's going to be more things and plus one of the main characters has freaking dragons. It's yep. going to be that way all the time. It's true. It's going to be interesting for you to see how that affects the Daenerys' storyline and also the world at large. Exactly. I like. I feel like there's just going to be this resurgence of like the mystical and the magic because things that are like lore are coming back to life. It's like a revivification of, like, all the magic in the world is becoming, like, stirred up. So not only are the people in the world getting stirred up, it's like the world itself is waking up. Okay. I I can see that. Um, Okay. Well, before we move into our weekly wrap-up questions, which are going to be a little bit different than we normally do because Mm -hmm. they're going to be applying to the whole season at large. But anyway, Mm. before we move there, this whole first season, I've questioned you a lot about... Game of Thrones, and I've asked mm. you your opinion of a lot of things. But if oh. you do, you have any questions for me that you would want to direct my way to kind of turn the tables on me a little bit about One. Game of Thrones? What about my salary? Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, what initially got you into this? I'm curious. What is what made you first want to? Uh, watch the show or read the book or do a combination of the two? Okay, I'm curious. And well, which came first, book or show? Uh, so, answer to your first question is, your salary is <laughs> cups of tea and snacks when you come over to record this. Fine. Um, and your, answer to the second question, and more seriously so, is Game of Thrones, when I first heard about it, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of dismissed it a little bit at first. It looked very much like any other generic fantasy that was mm-hmm. out there. And I made a huge mistake by doing that because 
I think maybe a season or two had passed by the time that I first gotten into it. So you were not on the initial boat. No, I was not on the initial boat. Uh, but then um, I had a friend who was just like, hey, you should check this out. I was like, okay, I don't know. We watched a few episodes together, and I was immediately hooked. Uh, nice. And that's where it all started. So it's very similar to the way that I got you <laughs> into it, too. Um, so that's how I got into it. And then I read the books uh, afterwards, which, okay, maybe I'm a bad fan for doing that. <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> everyone I has their opinions. But I. Um, I thoroughly enjoy both. Um, the liberties taken in the shows, I think, are really interesting. And sometimes I feel like they make for better entertainment than the books do, depending upon what type of consumer of entertainment you are. Mm -hmm. Um, the choices that they make are really interesting. Some of them I don't agree with, some of them I do. Um, and we can't talk about them because this is taboo, la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, actually, season one is very similar to uh, the book. It's it's not a lot. It's To changed. catch nuances, I'd read the book, but mostly yeah. In fact, one. I would say almost if you were to go read book one, you would almost find it maybe a little bit boring because you would know everything that happened in it, and you wouldn't get some of these interesting asides. Like, some of the more, my favorite moments in season one of the TV show are moments that don't happen in the book. Uh, so, for instance, there's a great scene between uh, the king and Cersei where they're discussing, oh. you know, like, how we, they keep it all together and, like, how the kingdom yeah. is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a great thing. scene. And it's totally not in the book at all because uh, the king and Cersei both... They're not point-of-view characters in the book. Okay. So it's a totally phenomenal scene that they it put in the in the show um, that I thoroughly appreciate. There's also other mm -hmm. things, like uh, Rose, the the, uh, the kindly prostitute. Uh, <laughs> she is not in the books. And, yeah, oh, I feel like she's gosh. a really... I think she's a really interesting character that they sort of inserted because she comes from a different, uh, you know, social... Rank, class, yeah, yeah, class than any yeah. of the other it characters. It gives a very different perspective, which is great. Yeah, because most of our our main characters are they're noble of yeah, some sort. Yeah, usually, uh, and it's because of the main the big power players. There are not very many lowborn people mm -hmm. that factor very prominently into Game of Thrones. But maybe that's not the way it will always be. So we, we all mm -hmm. have, to have to keep watching Zach. More to, of Hodor <laughs> uh, to to find out what's ahead. More so, of Greyjoys? Oh, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> um, let's move links. into our weekly... Always more drugged out Frodo Baggins. Oh my gosh, yes. I forgot about that nickname. I love that one. Uh, anyway, so let's I'm move into our weekly wrap-up questions now. Um, so each week I asked you a couple of questions that... We we had Stark of the Week, we had Crown, we had yes. uh, how hopeful you are. <laughs> um, I'm just going to ask you sort of variations upon those questions, but applying to the whole season at large. Mm. So, who is your Stark of the season? <sighs> I know it's a hard choice because... That's everyone, we, all their achievements and growth. Right, and we also, I mean, there's also Ned, and there's and there's Arya, who goes from being what she, you know, this feisty little thing to really someone who's grown up a lot. Now she's yeah. on her own. We've seen and she's Cat able to take care of herself. Yep. We've seen Catelyn do a lot. Yeah, We've seen Rob grow immensely. Like, those last few episodes, it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, yep. it's hard to quantify this. Like, do we go by, like, the quickness of their growth, the overall arc of their growth? It's really... Oh, this is tough. It really comes down to... I look for, like, a longer progression and more things done, and it comes down to either Katniss or Ned. Okay. And it's really hard to choose. But the thing with it is, is I sympathize more with Ned, and I kind of liked him more. Katniss always kind of, I don't know. Her just sort of bit grated on me some, but I was definitely impressed with a lot of the things that she did. And I don't know that. I'm doing it for my babies! Yep. My babies! And I'm like, seriously, woman, we get it. So, are you giving it to Catelyn or Ned? I'm probably going to give it to Ned. Okay. Although it's sad that his character... The thing with it is, is he really does have, like, not necessarily good resolution, but, like, he does good in the way that we like arc. it, but it's, like, a real complete arc. It's, like, totally there and it's so interesting to see because and the thing that this is what's so neat is i'm so sad we couldn't get to see ned in the like post it's like i guess we would call it like the post honor period 
the period where he like accepts greater like he compromises with his base person. Although that's, yeah, sad. that's so against what Ned stands for exactly. as a character. And that's what's kind of funny because like for the whole thing you loved him because he was like about the only honorable honorable one in King's Landing, but then you learn that there's different kinds of sort of honor to stick to. Yep. Yeah, and that's like, kind of Ned's like, um, final thing. Like, like Varys. Varys, yeah. and even Littlefinger a bit. Little, even Littlefinger a little bit, yeah. A bit. Um, and doddering old man, but he's just a doddering old man. Maester Pycelle, yeah. <laughs> so Ned Ned gets it, and I think even maybe fiddling, fittingly so, because it's yeah. the last time that he could get it, since he's dead by the end of season one. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, so congratulations, Ned, for being Stark of season one. That's why you're on the cover of the it DVD. It <laughs> is why he's on the cover of the DVD. Um, so let's move on then to who wins the crown then this season. Um, we always kind of phrase this question in the context of who played the game the best and who, uh, and, and obviously there was a game afoot. Maybe Ned didn't realize that at first, but he definitely learned by the end of the season that people were kind of politicking and moving around and yeah. playing this game well, yeah, and that's of the influence. Thing. The reason that his family got so far is because he kind of dug in and so did Catelyn. I mean, like, that's yep, the thing. they do play the game. Because the thing that it is, is they had to l- first learn there was a game and then they pass it on to their kids and now the Starks actually stand a chance because I think I've, I've given the analogy before. It's like they're playing a game of Monopoly, but, you know, like the Lannisters have gotten to go around the board like five times. Yep, and they already <laughs> and they have Stark stop. Place and Boardwalk with yeah. hotels on it. Yeah, with hotels. <laughs> now, like, mansions. It's ridiculous. So, I hate them. <laughs> so who played the game best then this season? Who would you give the right. crown based upon how well they played okay. it? Okay. Westeros size Robert, but overall, I want to give it to Daenerys. Because really? she grew the most as a character. She became, like, a leader in the spot that she was supposed to be. It was And you think she played her cards And then, like, at right. the end, oh my good, yes, exactly. She came out of a situation where she had nothing, and she just was like, you know what? Screw it. We're going forward. This is what it is. I am going to, you know, like, lead this group of united people, and it's going to be my way, and we're going to do it. And... Robert is close, but the thing with it is I have not seen enough of his character arc. And part of it is is he's... I mean, Daenerys is being supported by Jorah, but I feel Robert's definitely being held by the hand a lot more than Daenerys right. was. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he evolves over time yes. with this interesting set of situations in yes. Westeros. But I agree with your pick. It's a really interesting pick, especially since a lot of what Daenerys does is so far removed from, from any of this conflict. Else. But if we're talking about, like, an overall who has the best ruler traits and who seems to be able to lead the best at this point, Daenerys did pretty well. She didn't in a position where... Almost everyone was stacked against her, and she specifically found her allies, and even probably got some people who weren't at first to stick with her. And that is more impressive than Rob, who's like already have have the name. He had his name on top of it. Everyone Daenerys was around was like new to her. There's no Targaryens, and nor did the Dothraki give a flying frack. Mm. (laughs) So I find that more impressive. Okay, Uh, well. On that note, too, each week I also asked you about best plan, worst plan. I think I want to kind of put a variation (laughs) on this, too, since not looking back at season one, who had the overall best plan, because you can obviously see how that would play out. And I've always posed this question as going forward. Yeah. So going forward at the end of season one, a lot of people have very clearly stated their intentions for what they want to do in season two. Um, so out of those, who has the best laid plan uh, and who has the worst laid plan? I think I might give it to Stark House because the thing with, it's funny because for I best don't, laid or worst for best, which is funny because I don't, cause they have, they knew how big of a playing card Jamie was and they're playing their stuff, right? They've got their contacts, there, building very carefully and slyly. They did not, as much as they wanted to fly right into King's Landing, they've been playing it. Right. Pretty safe, yeah. Pretty darn right, and pretty darn smart, because they've won up the Lannisters a few times, and the Lannisters are sort of like, oh, I didn't see that coming, which is odd, because my money makes me see everything. <laughs> so then would you say the Lannisters have the worst plan, maybe, going forward? I would honestly, like, even peg it on Jamie because this literally... Well, Jamie and Cersei literally start this whole thing because they don't want to come clean about their relationship, and their whole, like cover-up plan literally leads to, to all, of all, all of it. Every I never thought about it that way. Every stinking thing. Yeah. And I hate them. And Joffrey's also bad. And they brought that into the world as well. So I hate them more. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I also asked every week 
about uh, best death, worst death. Oh. You always looked at this very clinically like, which one would be the worst to experience? But now that you've seen a season worth of death, <laughs> I want to know what death out of the whole season was the most Ned. satisfying oh. and what one was the worst for satisfying. you to feel like emotionally. Uh, Ned, obviously. the the it, That scene was like, they they did it right. It was the worst. My heart still hurts. I don't they, like thinking like, about it. They like got the knife in there and then they twisted it. And they it. twisted it because like, Ned was like spitting, like, good... Fantastic job, Sean Bean. I already congratulated you, but you deserve it again because that was just so well done. Just sort of that, like, the moment. It's like, I'm sure my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, my God, he's doing it. He's doing the thing. Even though, like, at a certain point, his death is totally predictable. Yeah, predictable. It's still very shocking. It just just hurts because you wanted him to pull through, but no. Yep. But no. <laughs> what about most satisfying though? We have a couple deaths in the, in the season that were just very oh, like, yeah. wonderful. Oh yeah, Malfoy, gold to the face. <laughs> I I have to agree with that pick hands that down. Is so good. It's such a satisfying he is such death. A scuzz. He is. I wish more scuzzes were getting gold in their faces. <laughs> it's it's a, it's so perfect. Even just like the image of like yeah, gold. that's the thing because he wanted his crown. Oh, here's your crown. Yep, and also the fact that it's just a very it's a very illuminating death too. In the fact that like Daenerys like sees her brother get killed. First off, she doesn't care because of the fact that he abused her so many times over the course of and her life. And now she gets it. I mean, like she's out of her Stockholms. Yes, and then finally, but then she says this great line about how like fire can't kill a dragon and so he like, wasn't worthy so he wasn't worthy yep and he also doesn't have the magic you know powers or whatever that she has to be unburned she is dragon mother so yes i also asked you every week about how hopeful you feel on a scale of one to ten i i don't know if i want to ask that maybe yeah, about the yeah, whole season it sort but of goes for like you're rooting for the starks like it's a very good question to ask at first because you're typically hopeful on a scale from like how well the stark do to not i guess the way i want to phrase this question then is how much hope do you have for season two like what what do you predict your average hopefulness for season two is going to be for like the people because eventually the world conflict is not so much going to be oh i hope the lannisters like eat it but it's going to be like a survival thing because eventually it's going to become relevant that there's going to come war from over the sea and also like monster things so like hopeful for like if we're talking about sort of (laughs) if we even bring it back to like the attack on titan hopeful for like the world the world is actually not in a great state they are in a a position to really just frack everything up and just (laughs) make all the terrible choices because they can't get along because it's like literally just kingdoms full of led by toddlers is like he hit me no he hit me i hate you i'm going to hit you back that's basically why all this starts yeah exactly it's just this like petty infighting and like all this stuff that's basically like if they were good rulers, it would roll off their back and then they'd go back to their people, but no. Yep. So if you had to give it the numerical rating then, what would you give I'm it? I'm putting the world at like a six. Six okay. out of ten. All right. Like, they're they're getting close. They're not like to the point where they know they're screwed, but they're like just before that. <laughs> well, as always, it is a joy watching you watch, Zach, especially mm-hmm. since we're going into the next season here soon. So you guys have been tuning in with us. You're going to have to make sure to... Look for that. It is coming real soon here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. If you have uh, questions for Zach about season two, could, because you've seen the show before and you know what's going to happen and you've got really good pointed questions, send them our way. You yeah. can connect with us on uh, YouTube, on Twitter, on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us uh, at Useful NPCs on Twitter. Our YouTube channel is Useful NPCs. So and we're on Tumblr. Useful NPCs. We're starting to show up higher on the Google searches. Yes. So please, please connect with us. Um, we we would love that, and we would love Don't to make so you secret. a part Get of this it out too. There. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, we, I would also encourage you, like I've done before, to just go out and do this with your friends. Uh, find a show and spend some time with them. Watch it with them. Fight, binge, watch culture. Yeah, as I watch five animes, I am a liar. <laughs> oh gosh, but seriously, and do space it out because there's something to be said for suspense and enjoying and it, mulling it over, and thinking yes. about it. Especially Especially when you have such good material that's thought-provoking as Game of Thrones. Yes. So, yes, uh, just go out and do that. 
Um, also, a little bit of uh, other plugs for here and there. Plugs, plugs, uh, plugs. If you are a fan of anime, you can tune into our other podcast, uh, mm-hmm. the Watching You Watch Anime Edition, uh, where <laughs> we uh, did Attack on Titan, and we ran mm-hmm. th- through that with uh, my sister, Caitlin. Yep, special um, guest this week. Special guest for that series. Uh, she has never seen it before. She, um... <laughs> she, her, Interesting. Her, her experience of anime has been, like, Sailor Moon and not much else. Yeah. And she's a big Sailor Moon fan, but she's never done anything quite as brutal or awesome as Attack on Titan. <laughs> and we, we went through that with her. You should go check that out if you're an anime fan. And if you are not, go check it out anyway. Go check out Attack on Titan because it's, it's, it's good. It's very universal. It's good. It's it's like a more new age cowboy bebop. <laughs> I mean, okay, for some you just used an anime to explain why non-anime person should watch an anime. I can't help it. It's literally in my brain. <laughs> okay, it's kind of like The Walking Dead, except uh, instead of zombies, it's giant, uh, giant people-eating titans. Yeah, giant people named called Titans, and they eat people. So. It's kind of like that. Anyway, you should check it out. Also, Most we deaf. have a variety of other videos on our YouTube channel that you should mm-hmm. check out. A lot of gaming videos. We're working on it. We're we have in, the capabilities. So we we are cranking those out there. If you want to uh, follow us there, please do so. Uh, and you can like and subscribe there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, just check us out. Um, so, Zach, in closing here, do you okay. have any, any thoughts about Season 2? Coming I'm super up. excited. Season one was fantastic. HBO super delivered. Uh, cast, soundtrack, just everything. It was great. I am super excited. And with, uh, it's just it's one of those things where it's like this was a build up season. Two is gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. Mm-hmm. And since it's still going, I ha- I get the sort of like omniscient knowledge to know that it was good enough that this season obviously is better than the first. Something mm-hmm. that people first watching it wouldn't know. <laughs> but, you know, knowing there are more seasons, I know that it obviously has kept its fan base and obviously grown. So I am super excited. I want to see where characters go because this show has done a great job of building on character stories. And it's not afraid to kill people, which is something I need to get more used to. Speaking of which, real quick. No, you no. Want, you just say no, no, right no, no, away. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I answer this. Name uh, one person that you, if you had to pick one person to die on the cast. Joffrey, die! That, no, that's someone that you liked. Who would they be? Ready? Ready? Three, no, no, no. two, one, go! Sansa. Because oh. I feel like it would just be such like a poignant death. Like it would be one that I would hate so much, but I feel like a Sansa death would be super interesting to see and yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, and it's uh, kind of weird. You made me that was on the spot. I've never had to think about this, so that was the first <laughs> name I had. Oh, okay. Wow, that was that was painful. That was painful a little bit. Yeah, well it hurt me too. Thanks. <laughs> well you're gonna tune be worried in. the entire time. You can tune in for more juicy, painful moments as oh. we move on in season two. You know they're coming. I add, know they're coming. Add tissues to my salary. Zach vaguely knows they're coming. So we will <laughs> catch coming. you. Oh winter is coming, yes. So we'll catch you on that side of things. Mm-hmm. So thanks again for, for tuning in, and we'll see you in Season 2. All right, see you then. Dragons, dragons, dragons. May the dragons be with you. May the dragons be with you. Oh,